Ken Sagendorf. I'm Edgar Papke. We're podcasting live from the Innovation Center in the Anderson College of Business and Computing at Regis University here in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to True Alignment, a podcast focusing on how we create alignment in our lives so that we can all have greater fulfillment and greater success and with the intention of helping the world align. In our last podcast, we talked about change, and we changed everything, really. When I think back on it, Ken, from, we talked about change at a personal level, the whole idea of uh, change and transition, and how we move through our uh, reorientations through change and transition, and we talked about change management versus change leadership, so we actually covered quite a bit of ground in that one. Uh, any thoughts? Any, any thoughts at all about it, looking back at it? You know, I think as we were talking about that change, Edgar, I, the thought occurs to me that, you know, everything we do in our exec ed programming, uh, everything you do in your um, business psychology um, leadership mm -hmm. is is this coaching model. Okay. And so, you know, I had written that down when we ended that podcast last time, that as a coach, you, you help others to clarify um where they are through change, where they're going. And you always talk about this opportunity of yeah. um, the current state and the desired future. Yes. Yeah, that's the great tension in our lives. And, and, we're, and, and yeah. navigating those two things. And right. I'm, I'm surprised we didn't talk about that in the Change yeah. Podcast. Yeah. And uh, just so, so you out there know what Ken's referring to is that the definition of conflict that we use is the natural tension that exists between our current state and a desired future state, what we have and what we want in, in simple terms. And that that's the driver of innovation. That's the driver of, of how we create change in the world around us, how we, how we solve problems. Because every time you have that tension, there's an opportunity. And so often we think about conflict, uh, and especially conflict that comes out of change that we talked about, as we perceive it to be negative. And uh, we ask you and invite you to think about it as being positive that that tension actually tells us and informs us that we're seeking alignment that perhaps we're out of alignment and that's what that tension is about that uh, as we move through change we see that tension as being that which uh, we use to innovate and solve problems and to really attain success and fulfillment which is what the intention of our podcast today is about matter of fact also uh, the offer to uh, please uh, let us hear from you with your thoughts, your comments, your questions, and we'll incorporate them into the podcast. One of the pieces of feedback is, you know, what is our intention through these podcasts? And that is to have a conversation about alignment and in all its different shapes and forms that it shows up in our lives and in our world, whether that be at a personal level, business level, and again, what Ken and I do is we look at the world th through a very holistic lens that we don't really separate the different parts of our world. We can compartmentalize them at the end of the day. It's all about who we are and, and how we align to get from life what it is that we seek. And so today's podcast, we're focusing on this idea of success and fulfillment. Yeah, you know, one of the first things I wrote down, Edgar, when we talked about this topic was whether or not the tension, and I want to bring tension back again and again today as we as we talk through this topic but i wondered if the the tension between success and fulfillment 
isn't really the ultimate alignment question. I'll say more about that. That's so, um, you know, this was f- funny because I was going and doing some research and, you know, Google what is success. And there's, you know, you get page upon page of dictionary definition, mm-hmm. um, which are all, you know, there's something in there about uh, financial success. Yeah. Uh, success has a kind of external quality to it versus fulfillment having an internal quality mm-hmm. to it. And so, you know, I think that there's these two things in tension. And we talked about this in the change podcast, which was, you know, this idea of um, vision of self and, and, yeah. and, and responsibility to others, but then also how others feel about you and kind of that makes, that makes change difficult instead of viewed with possibility. And I, this, this tension between those two, if we can get success and fulfillment to be the same thing, uh, to bring those into alignment, yeah. That if we get those aligned, that's probably yeah. that's probably the gold standard, right? Yeah, yeah. I, using the term "golden" of itself, then you're right. What's the? Let's <laughs> 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 put something definition on it that has some. Yeah, we we're constantly looking for value, right? I, that seems to be a natural, innate aspect of who we are, especially in today's society and the context that we're in, our business society as a whole. And I think that's a really interesting point that you just made, a really powerful one. So the thought that I had as I listened to you describe it that way is that perhaps the fulfillment is the internal uh, psychological satisfaction, emotional satisfaction. And that's not always easy to, in a way, measure. I mean, we know when we're happy and we know when we're not. And then somebody says, are you happy? And one of the questions that often that evokes is, well, how happy am I? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, am I part of the way there? Am I all the way there? And what does that look like? And so our fulfillment and and then success is that then become the measurable. In other words, we want something measurable. We want some way of having some, as we talked about last time, some predictability around a definition that we're succeeding. And so, of course, the world offers us all these different lenses on what success looks like. Everything from wealth, right? And, uh, and then, of course, there's physical uh, appearance. Uh, my definition of success, if I look in the mirror and the feedback I get from the world on how attractive I am, you know, so what does success there look like? And health, and then relationships, uh, how do we know when we really truly have fulfillment in relationships? So I guess I, uh, Lori and I have been married for quite some time. So there's a measurement of success. People always say, "Well, congratulations uh, that you're beyond forty years of marriage." What is uh, congratulations? Okay, there's 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 success. There's a definition, and uh, and yet I know other people that have been in relationships and in marriages for a long time. And they're in maintenance mode. You say, well, how fulfilling is your marriage or your relationship? Well, you know. And this, of course, happens in the workplace and in, in our communities and in, in all of our relationships. So really, what when we think about alignment then, we say, well, how do I interpret and understand this idea of separating and in a way bringing bring together? And how do I align success and fulfillment? It's a really interesting question to ask oneself, isn't it? Well, we also talk about it like it's static in, in yeah. st- instead of in constant motion. Yeah. 
Yeah, and another another observation around that is this idea, and you and I have touched on it in some conversations in the past, is this idea of whether you're contracting or expanding in your life. So as we move through life, um, as I, I think, at least from my observation, that some people look at contracting their life uh, so that it's more controllable or they have the perception that it's more controllable. And so their definition is about what is the joy and happiness I, I have as I perhaps at times limit the boundaries of my life. And then for others, it's expansion. That without expansion, without seeking something else, you know, so you either contract to find your place or you expand. To, and, and what does that look like? And I think there's, there's all these different uh, elements that we ought to be thinking about and bringing into the conversation with ourselves as well as with others in terms of what alignment looks like. So we talked about this in the change podcast also was this idea of uh, choice and control. Yeah. Is contraction and expansion uh, a con- also a conversation about choice and control? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, very much so. You hit that one right on the nail head. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it is a matter then of the choices that we make and whether or not you see that as uh, something that you have control over. I <laughs> I kid with people, and, I'm, and in a way I'm quite serious about it, is the uh, Tony Bennett plan. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, what does that look? You should tell that story of why you why you mentioned oh. that the Tony Bennett plan. So back when I was a chef, I actually got to cook for Tony Bennett. He was a regular at a place called Saints Cafe. I was a chef, and uh, just a just a really really wonderful human being. And so the story of Tony Bennett is that he just retired last last summer at the age of ninety five, and in a way, I I speak to choice. Uh, are are you able to make choices, and what choices can you make? And do you have the cognitive and conscious capability? So Tony Bennett was more or less asked to retire at the age of 95. And his last two shows that he did were at Radio City Music Hall with Lady Gaga last June. And you look and you reflect on that and you say, wow, there's somebody that kept expanding their horizons. And of course, he's also a master painter, an artist, who just is fabulous, has his work all over the world, though you wouldn't know it because it's under his his original name, not Tony Bennett. I think it's Antonio ben, Benetto. Oh, Benetto. And um, and here's, a, here's a, a person who constantly expanded in their lives, kept looking at the opportunities and kept expanding their horizons. So I'm turning 65 next year, and so I'm letting everyone know that I'm on the Tony Bennett plan, which is I've got another 30 years to engage in the work and, and what fulfills me, which then also speaks to what's the definition of success and fulfillment and how much do we allow ourselves in our lives to pursue what, what really joy and happiness looks like. Yeah, you know, I think that's such an interesting topic. And, you know, I'll share some 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 personal vulnerability here. Um, so I don't know when the midlife crisis started. <laughs> <laughs> when you were three? I think it, <laughs> But I know it's in action right now, um, you, you know, because it is, uh, it's, it's an exploration, uh, constant exploration, looking, I, I don't know what I'm looking for, um, I know I'm looking though, and so I've gotten the opportunity um, that came along just awesomely during COVID to do uh, nine months with a spiritual director, 
and, and, and we should say here at Regis University, you know, we're a Jesuit institution, and I, mm-hmm. have, uh, I am personally very smitten um, with the, the history of the Jesuits and, and the constant um, searching that the founder of the Jesuit order uh, began from and has shared with us. Um, that's why I work in, in, a, in a Jesuit institution, because I believe that if we can show students that opportunity to search, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard in, in, in how higher ed is now, but that spiritual direction, nine months, it was, it was a consistent conversation of what success and fulfillment meant. It was a question about what I was looking for was a question of why I was looking and um, you know those questions that are you know those are pebbles in your shoe kinds of questions that just keep rolling over and over and over and yeah. are sometimes painful um, but um, always so fruitful. Re- yeah, and always reminding you that they're there yeah yeah I, and I think the way that you just expressed it to, to me is interesting if I may is that what I was looking for as opposed to what I am looking for and uh, one of the things about alignment in our lives is that when we think about life as a, as a journey and, and every time we feel or get a sense of we're getting somewhere and this innateness in us as human beings to fulfill our needs, you know, to really fulfill our desires and our wants, keeps us moving forward, whether we like it or not. Whether we like it or not, life does not allow us to stay stagnant much at all. So this idea of uh, what I am looking for and what I am seeking and what I am pursuing as success and fulfillment uh, really is at the at the core of so much and uh, and influences our decisions and choices day in and day out. Yeah, you know it's funny because I just had a I had a whopper flashback uh, from my own history. We were doing a little singing before we started the podcast today. Edgar singing well and me not. Um, <laughs> But it was, uh, you know, my grandfather who was, you know, this, in my mind, just this larger-than-life human being. Um, You know, one of the songs from my youth was The Bear Went Over the Mountain, right, which is a never-ending, right, at the top of the mountain. When he finally gets up there, what does he see? Yeah. Another mountain. Another mountain. (laughs) And, and, you know, I... (laughs) You know, I, I think um, the reason I had this flashback is that it is. It's not what was I seeking. It's what am I seeking. And, and the scenery changes. You know, all the inputs change. And so, um, you know, this is, um, you know, I wonder if alignment's not in an oscillation kind of model that it comes by you um, and you can see it ready for the, the poor movie taste uh, clip of the day. Yeah. All right. So. Um, this one might not be as common as, as most people, but there's a, there's a movie called Wanted, uh-huh. um, and it is, I'm not going to remember who the actors are, Angelina Jolie's in there, and Common, and... Uh, he, he's looking at Jim, our, uh, our resident expert. Yeah, James McAvoy. <laughs> you, you'll have to see if McAvoy is the right, right, right last name. But um, his... Uh, he gets taken into the guild of assassins and he's taught the skill of being an assassin. And one of the activities is the, um, the weaving machine goes back and forth and he has to stick his hand in and grab the front of the needle. And, uh, 
you know, he gets bitten so many times until he can actually slow it down enough in his mind's eye. Sounds like wax on, wax off by on steroids. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a little bit what it was. And, um, but, you know, I think that's, you know, I wonder if alignment isn't that, that consistent oscillation that, mm-hmm. you know, once we get an opportunity to slow it down and see it, that alignment might not stay with us for a long time because it might blur back up and we might uh-huh. have to find another way to slow it down. Yeah, that's really, yeah, because many of us in our alignment, we wish we could speed it up internally. You know, let me get what I want. Let me get what I desire. And, and at the end of the day, uh, very often we need to be able to slow down to speed it up. I think there's a, also in your, in your thought, there's something else that raises a thought in my mind, which is, alignment as it moves around us and as it oscillates i think there's and it's an and it's a big and that forces and influences of alignment and how we see our lives and our definitions of success and fulfillment um it's it's always moving and so there's influences and forces around us and then the alignment that goes through us so eventually i think it goes through us and so we engage in different events, we engage in different approaches and pursuits to getting fulfillment and, and getting success. And I agree that w- when we get there, something's going to happen, and we're like the bear on the mountain. We're looking at the next one. By the way, you reminded me of my, my daughter, Tegan. I'm so proud of her. She ran the Leadville Trail Race, the, one, wow. the, the 100, uh, this past summer. And the first thing she said when she finished, when she crossed the finish line, which is just an incredible feat, she had to run 100 miles and and, uh, elevation gain through the course of the race of over 12,000 feet. So she she runs the race. The first thing she said was, was so many mountains. That was, that was her comment when she crossed the finish line. First thing she said was, oh, so many mountains. And, uh, and that is, that's life. And so when we look at the challenges and we look at the challenges of where we want to go and what's what's in our way, what can impede us. What, really, what are the obstacles we need to over or be able to overcome? So often, they are internal. So the alignment works through us. And it's interesting because, you know, Tegan runs the 100-mile race. She's done. And you'd say, well, there's a definition of success, which differs then from the fulfillment because she's already looking ahead to the next challenge. It didn't take her long to shift gears and go from, oh, I succeeded to, all right, so what does the next piece of fulfillment look like? And then how do I measure that in a way of saying success? Yeah, you know, that's so interesting in the example of Tegan. You know, Edgar, I've done a few marathons and uh, a few adventure races, and and every single one has been absolutely miserable. (laughs) (laughs) And yet so amazingly fulfilling and and here's why um there's a place that i can only get to in my mind where the questions are singular that only happens during those kinds of activities so here's what i know i'm i'm well over a four-hour marathoner and i'm capable of running a little over three hours which means there's an hour in there where I am questioning <laughs> who I am and why I am mm-hmm. at such a level. Um, and, and I have to, and it's so clear how I can wrestle with those things. Um, it is a level of, of 
you know, the physical exhaustion is well past, but it's a, it's a mental activity that there's something about it because I can be so clear in the, the singular question I am asking at that moment. And that is, you know, what, um, who am I? What am I capable of? What do I value? Um, right? Yeah. I, I mean, those questions are so clear for me in those moments, um, which is probably you know, one of the reasons I continuously sign up for those kinds of activities is because I'm looking for the questions to gain some clarity. Because you mentioned this is going to be a challenge. Yes. And, you know, again, we talked in the Change podcast about choice and control. Um, your choices get limited at the end of a marathon, right? The finish line is only one place. Right. The choice is whether you're going to choose to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Because you can quit at any time. There's no one that makes forces you to be in that activity. Um, so the choice becomes very limited mm-hmm. and very clear. Like either this or that. Yeah. Note well. Yeah. <laughs> I have two thoughts. One is I ran a, the Big Sur Marathon with my son Trevor, and about 13 miles in, I, I had a bad knee. I was running on it, just swelled up like a grapefruit. And uh, I, I was inhibiting his time, his finish. So I said, Yeah, Trevor, why don't you just go ahead? And then he looked at me and said, Well, you know, last thing I want to do is see you getting on a, going by me on one of the buses. <laughs> You know, for the runners that drop out yeah, to, to sure. take them to the finish line. And uh, a- and then you start asking the internal. The 26-mile marker and getting to the end, the putting one foot in front of the other, um, that can be, def- I would suggest that's the external success factor. The internal is your thought process and how it is that you're, in a lack of a better term, really getting in touch with your own emotions your way of thinking, and so you're running this external race of 26 miles, and that's a definition of success. And internally, what you're doing is questioning and asking questions about your own fulfillment. Why am I doing this? And why am I putting one foot in front of the other? Much like in life in itself, we ask those questions. Um, two things about that. One is I did finish. It took me five hours or so to finish, Thing was, my son was waiting for me at the finish line, because we had made a promise to one another that we'd finish the race together, um, and he was waiting there. And the other, the other um, thought that uh, crosses my mind is that as we think about one step in front of the other, we're reminded, we're, we're so much reminded of the importance of once again being truthful with ourselves. Because I think when you're in that race, and I experienced similar, uh, very much like you did where you go to this place of thinking and you're thinking about yourself and you give yourself this permission by yourself to, to really just think about life. And the only way to really do that is being truthful with yourself and the kinds of questions, which then lead me to what are the questions that we ask ourselves? What are the questions we can ask ourselves about how we define success and fulfillment? And where are, where are the disparities and differences and where are the alignments I would suggest to you, and this is based on the experience of now over 30 years of working with leaders, that inevitably that's the conversation at the end of the day, is how aligned am I in terms of my fulfillment in life to what I've been pursuing or will continue to pursue in my definition of success? What kind of, what kind of lifestyle do I want? What does that look like? What am I doing with my time? 
and the preciousness of time. Yeah, business, you know, Edgar, thank you for that. Um, Business is such an interesting animal, right? I mean, here we are in a business college, and, um, you know, we were were talking about all kinds of things before we, we started broadcasting this morning. But business is often taught and expected as an ever upward positive climb, right? It's the reason why we pay attention to yeah. the stock market numbers every day because we, we have a life of climb. <laughs> we have a, we have almost a, yeah. it's be, we've rationalized the expectation that, that the value of the stock market is supposed to only go up. We're surprised when it goes down. Um, and, 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 you know, I think, I mean, we shouldn't be. And yes. That was my smile. But, but I, um, you know, I think, this is really kind of in the heart of, of a business leader that success is defined as an ever upward growth. I, I have a funny story about this because I wondered, I, I, I wondered out loud um, when I first came into the business school world if, if the model of success ought to be uh, modeled after the jellyfish. Um, and, and, you know, picture this image that instead of that curve that goes ever upward, yeah. right, and like a, like a mountain goat, that, you know, the jellyfish shoots forward with this immense pressure, but then has to back up and get more food before it can go forward, right? So, you know, arguably, if you look at the history of business and you, and you talk about innovation, the businesses that invested, you know, the, especially the American businesses that invested in innovation um, early in the 20th century were investing for the long haul, knowing that innovation was going to cost them something that it might have taken some things off the table. I would argue that they, they were more like the jellyfish. They were taking on resources and taking on responsibility and debt to grow later with speed, mm-hmm. like a jellyfish moves. Um, businesses now, I mean, it's a well-known factor that businesses invest so much less in R&D than they have in, in previous history. Mm-hmm. They often gain, gain innovation by acquisition, rather than by uh, intentionality in their own organizations. Mm -hmm. Because the external expectation of a business is constant positive growth. Yeah. And then for all of us as business leaders, it's how much do I attribute that to my definition of self? And um, how does that reflect and how is that um, a manifestation of who I am? And I believe then that gets cascaded to employees. And so that everyone in the system, if you look at it through a system thinking lens, everyone in the system is now in that mode of what does growth look like and what are the definitions of success. And again, you know, we started this all with the, uh, the big quit or the great resignation, and then we come back to this idea of moving into a great alignment where we see people giving themselves permission to say, yeah, then, yeah. I need to much like in a way be be like more like the jellyfish and be able to slow things down. Look at what I have in my life. Look at what kind of resources that I really need and want, including and I think this is key, the resource of human relationship uh, to others and what those relationships look like, especially those intimate and clo- relationships with people really close to us. And how do I how do I bring those into my being? 
and my definitions of success so that I'm bringing greater alignment to fulfillment and success and bringing those uh, together. And, I, you know, you can call it harmony. You could call a lot of things. At the end of the day is how aligned am I. And anytime those are out of alignment, we have that tension. We have the, the tension between my current state and my desired state. And what do I do with that? And I think a lot of what's happening in the world around us is, is about that, including in business, because I think there's this element in business that says that for decades now, I can go trace it all the way back to the 1960s, 70s, and probably before then, that we knew that we were damaging the planet. And what is business's role and our business society in doing that and that we all have a hand in it? And so at some level, everyone is recognizing that we need greater alignment as a, as a whole in the, with the world around us and the earth and nature and all of those that, in essence, much like if we avoid change or try, you know, we deny it. And so we could even say that we've been in denial for decades. And sooner or later, that tension reminds us that we're out of alignment. And so now we're looking at a much greater form of alignment, and every single human being has a role in it. And so everyone the choices that we make, finding our alignments. And if we, if we also look at the value of the relationships, and the people around us, and the future, and our influence on those relationships. We all have a re- we all have a responsibility, don't we? Yeah, for sure. You know, I know two two thoughts come to mind really quickly. You know, it was only two years ago that the business roundtable uh, moved off the purpose of a corporation was merely to return um, uh, shareholder return, right? Shareholder value, and move towards um, uh, stakeholder concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, which were much broader, um, you know, and so I, I, I agree with you 100% that that's kind of, we've been um, avoiding some of those things. Hey, I want to mention, you and I just worked with a client, mm-hmm. and, and I think one of the interesting things about uh, alignment, because so many thoughts are running through my mind, and, and one is, you know, we began our very first podcast on that, you know, great quit, as you call it, the great resignation and kind of a, a conversation about, you know, what are, are people going through? But the, the part of the client we just worked with that, that is coming to my mind was, you know, after we, after you guided them through some, some alignment work for, for lots and lots of months where they were finally deciding on how the organization ought to be organized. Right. There was a point in there where we gave them permission not to organize traditionally, mm-hmm. but to intentionally organize in alignment. Yeah. And then a true conversation with the leaders of that company, which was amazingly fun to watch, about and how do we get the people that have some alignment in that role into those positions? Yeah. Yeah, so that the organi- the structure of the organization aligned to the way the organization actually works, how it delivers to its customers, um, understanding the CX and alignment to the EX or ex- employee experience. And then that, of course, is, so what does the culture look like as well? well fundamentally, what is the, how does the organization go about doing what it does? And uh, 
and being able to see that not in a traditional way, rather in a very unique and innovative way. What does that look like? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the idea of having the people in those positions be able to find fulfillment yeah, so that the organization can be successful. Yeah, and very often that's, a, that's probably one of the things that we uh, have a tendency to do is we, we define success for others and thereby, in a way, we're um, pushing. <laughs> Instead of pulling them towards their fulfillment, we, we push them into what we define it as in relationship to success. And that, I would suggest, and I think we're in agreement on this, that that would be a disservice in a way, where we're actually asking people to behave in a misaligned way instead of manifesting and allowing them and helping them find roles in which they really bring themselves to it. And when they're aligned, you can see the the joy, the happiness, you can see the motivation just very naturally show up. What, what, What matters to us most motivates us most. And I think we need to bear that in mind. You know, we're, we're getting close to time here, Edgar, but um, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, in an aligned world, um, within an aligned individual or, or organization, mm-hmm. is compartmentalization possible? Um, I think we have the human capacity to break things into pieces. I think it's best served if we do that with the intention of, of creating alignment. In other words, we can compartmentalize to understand and through that understanding is, is be able to recognize and better understand and appreciate the connectivity between the different pieces. And much like compartmentalizing our lives, I think it's a, it's a way of seeing the different pieces and I think the real value of that is understanding how they come back together or, or how they are together. Not come back together, rather how they exist with one another. Just like great relationships, uh, organizations. So mm-hmm. compartmentalization is a way of understanding. I think it only serves it serves well when it's <laughs> how all the pieces come together. Yeah, so if you're listening at home, Edgar said no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> But, <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> but, but you know, Edgar, what a wonderful way to explain it, right? I mean, and so, you know, here's, here's what I heard is that you compartmentalize as a tactic to develop understanding, um, to, to reconfigure back together alignment. And, you know, in, in the business world, we've, we've asked for, you know, there's language all around for the last 40, 50 years about work-life balance, Oh, yeah, it's not a balance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, and that's, a, you know, yeah. separating those two things is a tactic to make sense of, of both things. Yeah, without under, yeah, without the really truly the integration. As, as we've, we've spoken, I think balance uh, evokes fear because when we're balancing things, we're afraid we're going to fall or things are going to fall over and which one gets more, you know, more value than something else. And I, that's... I. I don't think that that's the way it actually works. I, I think what we have to be able to do is consider integration, that there's different pieces of our lives and we can compartmentalize them and how they all come together and to appreciate what our priorities are. And that's where I come back to the idea of defining success and fulfillment in a way that says that success are some measurables 
really at the end, end of the day, we need to be able to integrate our definitions of fulfillment and align ourselves to, to those pursuits, the things that really matter to us. Yeah. Which, Thank you. Yeah, which then evokes another thought, if I may, I want to share with the, with the audience is that we'd love to hear from you what your definitions of success and fulfillment are. So if you visit the website at truealignment.com, or you can email us, and you can e- email us directly. Uh, you're even welcome to just use edgar at truealignment.com, and we'll, we'll read your comments, your thoughts, your questions, and your ideas about how you define success and fulfillment. I think that'll be a really interesting conversation to have. And uh, once again, in future uh, podcasts, we're also going to have some extended time with guests and to also have these kind of conversations with you live. So look forward to that. But yes, if you would kindly uh, share your thoughts and ideas with us around success and fulfillment, uh, that would be a wonderful contribution to the conversation that we really would appreciate. Thank yeah, you. I agree. I agree. Good thought. You know, the other thing that I'll mention too is that um, some of our upcoming podcast topics are going to be around topics of exhaustion mm. and, and family and friends. And, and, and we said it either earlier in this podcast or, or one of the previous ones about um, you know, people are in search of the, the how. They're looking for, mm-hmm. they're looking for alignment and what these things all mean, but then they want to follow quickly of the how. So as we talk about that exhaustion in an upcoming podcast and family and friends, really we want to talk through some of that how. How to, how to we mentioned in this podcast, slow down alignment and let alignment come through you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you all for joining us. Um, we hope that you do again in the future. Uh, again, all questions, thoughts, comments, please uh, visit our website. Also, just as a reminder, we're coming to you from the uh, Innovation Center at the Anderson College of Business and Computing at Regis University. Also, uh, would invite you to go to the Innovation Center of Regis University, that webpage, where you'll also find the executive education offerings um, that Ken and I are involved with. And, um, yeah. So thank you very much, and until next time. See you soon. I'm Ken Sagendorf. Edgar Papke. This is Drew Line. Hi, this is Edgar Papke, and um, you may have just listened to the most recent podcast of True Alignment, where we focused on definitions and thoughts about success and fulfillment. Just as a quick side note, after the podcast itself, we had a conversation reminding us that the first element of the Learning to Lead program that we offer here at the Innovation Center at Anderson College in our executive program focuses on life design. And we've come to realize that in most leadership programs around the country and around the world, that one of the first aspects of leadership that is taught and is uh, explored is the idea of life design, which we here, of course, call alignment, how to lead an aligned life. Just wanted to share that note with you. And once again, thoughts, questions are welcome. Your comments are welcome at truealignment.com, as well as you can email us. You can email directly, edgar at edgarpapke.com. Thanks again. Look forward to the next time around.